0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. I'm so proud in the Lord of my son-in-law, Pastor Toledo, and Chrissy, and the choir, musicians, everything. God is blessing your church. The Lord is here. Amen? Amen. I asked Chrissy, what were you gonna lead during the offering? Um, She said, uh, what's that song called? Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. But she once came to our church years ago. She does like clinics uh, to help her mom and she directs the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir and practices with them. And then sometimes stays and then directs them. And uh, that's a good thing, right? So she shares the song she learned. Well, she once taught a song that was something like that song, like let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, but it was different. It was the longest song <laughs> I ever heard in my life. I couldn't believe how the choir learned it, and she led it. And then after she left, they, would, they kept singing it. When that song began, you could go out and have bagel and coffee outside <laughs> and come back, and the song would still be going on. Let everything that had breath. But you know what? We can't praise God too much, can we? He's worthy of all of our praise. I want to talk to you about the most important thing to God. I'm making a mess here. Um, the most important thing somebody have a tissue or something. Just give me a bunch of those, please. Um, the most important thing to God. You know, there's different personalities, and to us, like yesterday, sitting at that table, the most important thing to me was Yuka Komohito. Do I get an amen here from anybody? And my, and my wife was sitting there, and she was eating some other food that Mrs. Toledo made, but I said, no, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to know about shrimp. I don't want to know about anything. Just the steak and yuca because I love yucca. But to different people, there's a different... Um, Interest level, like the most important thing to some people is sports. You know, they're guys you meet you in a diner or you get to know them or growing up or in college. All they're interested in is sports. They don't even know who the president of the United States is. They just know about the Cubs. All right, all right, down, 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 down. down. They know about baseball, basketball. They know about Stephen Curry and all of that. And to another person, the most important thing is, hey, let me get that Wall Street Journal. Let me look at how the stocks are doing, my investments, my portfolio. They are totally finance people. Other people are into politics, and that's their whole thing. Elections and governance and all of those things. To another person, it's movies and shows and entertainment. That's all they're interested. They just work so they can get money, so they can go out and entertain themselves. To another person, there's a growing number of these. It's just gadgets. They don't know from sports. They don't know from politics. They don't know from finance. Just when's that new iPhone coming out, and they're texting the universe during the day and just reaching everybody. Have you ever thought about what's the most important thing to God? What's the most important thing to God? Well, I want to answer it for you today and then apply it to our lives so we can be encouraged. I came here to encourage you. The most important thing to God is the most important thing to you every day, every morning you wake up, which is your body. My wife, while she was here, fell at the Toledo's home and broke her wrist. So she's in a cast. She's going to be here later. So when she wakes up now in the morning, uh, she got that cast on, and she's concerned about the pain or lack thereof in her wrist. Because the first thing all of us think about every morning when we get up is if your legs don't work, you can't walk. If if uh, you're sick to your stomach, you know there's a problem. If you have some pain somewhere that you didn't have, you don't care about the weather outside. You don't care about the stock market. You don't care about anything. You care about your body. Well, God is just the same. Christ is just the same. He has a body. It's the church. The Bible tells us in several different places in the New Testament, look at this metaphor that he is the head and we are make up the body of Christ. How many say amen? Amen. All right, so he's the head, we're the body. So what's the relationship between the head and the body? Well, they're not only connected, obviously, but the body carries out the desires and the will of the head. My head just tells me now, because I want to make an illustration, walk over here and put your Bible down on the pulpit here. And because my body is working, I can carry out the desires of my head, my will, my plan. Now, if you're sick or in a coma or you're paralyzed or something like that, now there's a problem. Because your head can be sending messages, but the body is in such a condition, it can't carry out what the head wants. And this is an amazing thing in the Bible. Jesus has limited himself to his body. Just like you're limited to your body. You want to go to Puerto Rico on a vacation, you got to take care of all those things. Get your body on that plane, pack, carry the bag, go to the hotel, and enjoy yourself. Same thing with God. His purposes and his plans can only be carried out by his body, just like you and I. He's not going to evangelize the world through angels. He's not speaking through the clouds. It's us. That's why the most important thing to him is the health of his body. Because if his body is strong and vibrant, then A lot of great things are going to happen through his body that will bring glory to him. If his body is sick, if it's weak, then there's there's problems. This is why in the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, Jesus is seen walking among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. He's not knocking on the door of the UN like in that painting. He's not trying to get in the UN. He's not trying to get in the White House. He has no confidence in the Democrats or the Republicans. Presidents come, presidents go. He doesn't work through the White House or the presidents or the Congress or the Queen of England. He works through his body, the church. Can we say amen to that? So. That's why the most important ha- thing happening in, in the universe today is not what's happening in the NFL or any of those things. It's what's happening right now in churches across Chicago and in Amer- all across America and around the world. Why? Because that's the most important thing to God, his body. That's why we go further and we realize the importance of each of you here in the front row Because you are all members of his body, each of us. And the Bible teaches us, if it teaches us anything, is that each member has a different function, right? In other words, my knee is different than my elbow, but I need my elbow and I need my knee. There are certain things my knee can do, my elbow can't, but vice versa. This finger is important. My wife's wrist is important. And she's finding out now just how important her wrist is because she's lost one for a while. Every single member of the body has a function. Nobody just sits there and does nothing. That's why this passage in Ephesians is so important. Look up at the screen. But to each one of us, members of the body now, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it, that is why it says, "When he ascended on high, he took many captives and keep it there, please, and gave gifts to his uh, uh, people." Notice that first sentence. But to each one of us, I don't believe myself that ninety percent of Christians today in America. My observation, I've seen it more in China. When I've been in Hong Kong preaching to underground church pastors. But in America, they are more aware of it, but here we're not. I don't believe too many people believe that to each one of us, a special gift from God has been given as Christ apportioned it. In other words, you, sir, have something that I don't have. God gave it to you and to you, ma'am, and to you, brother, and to you, sister. In other words, each one of us has a special gift a portion by Christ just like finger different function than fist different function than nose different function than eye and so on and so forth so each one of us has a gift do you ever hear anyone ever pray, oh Lord, I'm not sure what my gift is. Could you show it to me? Or Lord, encourage me in my gift. Teach me how to function better in my gift. Those are not prayers that in the years I've been in the ministry, you hear too many people pray. It's just give me, give me, help me. I'm sick, I need a better job. I need a new car or whatever. And those are fine. You know, bless the family, help my children. Those are all fine. But you don't find too many people saying at an altar, Uh, Lord, why did you save me? You sent your son and he died on the cross and now I'm a child of God. I'm a member of his body. Notice the imagery before when we were singing was the temple. Uh, My daughter said we're all temples of the Holy Spirit. Now this is a different metaphor. We're members of his body and each one has a gift. Go on, look at this passage here. Next one. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ, hold it there, may be built up. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, those are special messengers. Some Christians be- believe that there are no apostles today. They ceased <clears throat> when Christ sent them out. They had to be people who saw Christ personally and were sent out by him. And they say Paul was an apostle, the chief of the apostles in many ways, because he had a supernatural experience with the Lord. So he wasn't like James and John and Peter, but he was apostle. The problem with that is that uh, Barnabas is called an apostle in a certain place in the New Testament. Others' names that were not with Jesus are called apostles. So some people believe, no, they're still apostles today. Well, what are they? What do they do? Well, they oversee churches. They go out. They're special messengers. But that was a, a, a gift that Christ put in the church, in the body. And then there's prophets, that's more than just predicting the future. Prophets in the New Testament were people who could predict the future, but also spoke the the word of the Lord, God's heart for a given situation. And unlike the prophets in the Old Testament who had no one checking them, overseeing them, New Testament prophets are different. If anyone stands up to prophesy and says, thus saith the Lord, everybody else can judge. Are they, are they speaking according to God's word? Because there is no new truth. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. This is our rule of faith and doctrine. How many say Amen. So everything, everything, no matter someone prophesies, whatever, you judge it by the word of God. But they can speak words to encourage and strengthen the church. Then evangelists who are like missionaries or they could be local. These are people who just went out and spread the good news of Jesus, the gospel, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. They they were just uh, people who traveled around and spread the good news. And as converts were made, now the other two ministries came into play. Pastors and teachers. They were there to strengthen and equip and mature the people. But notice this. These ministries were given to equip his people. What people? All the members of the body who each have a gift. The five-fold ministry that's mentioned here was not sent to do all the work. They were sent to mature and equip all the different members of the body. Why? So they would do the works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up by each member helping the other member, not by the people up here being the whole show. God's concept of his body is like what happened the other day. I hit my elbow. Have you ever hit your elbow in that spot? Do you know the spot I'm talking about? Where you see the stars, the moon, the planets. Immediately, my right hand went to my elbow and started to minister to it. And rub it. Why? Because the body was ministering to the body. My elbow couldn't help my elbow. The hand could help my elbow by rubbing it. That's the purpose of the five-fold ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Why? Not to do the ministry, the work. The work has to be done by the body. So those ministry gifts are there to develop each person so that they can be all that God intended them to be, that their gifts can be matured and get more sophisticated and and more finely tuned and sharp-edged so that they can be everything God intended them to be. And what's the American concept? Hey, we'll do real talk. What's the American concept? Concept of church. You all sit, we perform, then you go home, and if you like it, you come back next week. Is that not what the church is today, mostly in America? Tell me the truth. You all sit, and if you say to someone, Well, how are you doing? I go to Chicago Tab, I go to BT, Brooklyn Tab. I know, so how are you doing with the Lord? I know I go on Sundays, I even go to the prayer meeting. I know, so how are you doing with the Lord? I just told you, I go to Chicago Tabernacle. This is why ministers have the highest rate of heart attacks of any profession. Beside lack of exercise, no, I'm being serious. Beside lack of exercise and unwise eating and all of that. It's the pressure of trying to do things God never intended them to do. It's not from making sermons. You do this for a while. You could take Pastor Matt, Pastor Toledo. You give them a passage in Philippians. You put them in that corner for 10 minutes. They're going to come out with a sermon. That's what they do. Three points and a conclusion. That's the sermon, right? But, But they don't get heart attacks from getting sermons. I can assure you that. It's because the body isn't matured, people aren't functioning in the gifts that God gave them. You you each have a gift, or, or else the Bible's not true. When's the last time you thought about that, prayed about it, gave yourself to God in surrender? Well, what are you talking about, so I can close? What are you talking about, pastor? Okay. It's not just the visible things like Christian here can sing. and Chrissy's got certain gifts. It's like this. So there's a deacon in our church. Every time I meet him, I leave encouraged. Every time. No, no, not most of the time. We interact. He never says, I want to encourage you. He just encourages me. He has the gift of encouragement. We just talk, and he asks how I'm doing, and he says some words or quotes a verse, or just in kindness, when I leave, no matter how I was before I met him, I am now encouraged. He has the gift of encouragement. The gifts that are in the body are not limited to the gifts that are mentioned in the end of Romans or 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, they're very multifaceted. Some people have the gift of discouragement. Have you ever met any of them? You're with them for about 15 minutes. You want to end your life. Just like, I don't want to live anymore. They are negative. They are depressing. The glass is always half full. They always have a bad word to say about something, right? Right? and they pull you right down. You need that person with the gift of encouragement. What a terrible thing discouragement is. Have you ever been discouraged? We all have. And a person with that gift. Then there's the person in the church, and never was supposed to be in the leadership. There's ladies in our church and men. When they're with you, And you talk to them, usually within a minute if you talk, they're going to be praying for you. Because that's their gift. They pray. They just pray and God answers. So people are drawn to them because they have the gift of faith when they pray. That's a gift. There was a woman back in the 1890s, early 1900s, African-American woman in Philadelphia. I can't think of her name. But she became famous because... She lived during the aftermath of the Civil War and all the horrible history of our country when it comes to racism and prejudice. And she uh, had this ministry, uh, not much ed- education, but just faith. So people around the country were not only writing her, they were traveling to her so that they, she, people paralyzed, people whatever. Why? Because when she prayed, God answered. That was her gift. Why can't that happen today? Hello? I just asked you a question. Why can't that happen today? You don't mean... There are people right here in this room. I know it. They're in our church too. That if you would just give yourself to that gift, people would be flocking to you. It wouldn't be organized. It wouldn't be on the PowerPoint. People would just know, oh, you got a problem. You lost your job. Go, go, to that, go to that sister right there, you, because when she prays, God answers. She just has faith. Amen. Just has faith. There are people who pick other people up. There are people who have the gift of watching for sheep that are missing. And if they know someone and they don't see them for two weeks in church, they're up in their grill real quick calling them, how are you? I missed you. The pastor can't do that. Look, we have 10,000 people or so that come to church in a week at our church. How in the world would I know all those people? How would I know them? How would I know who's missing? How could you possibly know that? But there are people in the body who are functioning. They're showing mercy. They show mercy, they don't bury people like others do. They pick people up, that's their gift, they show mercy. They say, hey, I know you got knocked down. I've been knocked down, but God always picks me up, so I wanna pick you up, come on, come on. Can we say amen to that? We had a guy in the choir years ago, but then it got out of hand. He would shake hands with the choir members and when, they, when he shook hands, he would leave. There would be a $50 bill in their hand. he just do this like every week, every other week. he just shake hands with people. Unfortunately, my church is in Brooklyn, and the word got out about him. <laughs> so everybody was running to him. The minute he came to choir practice, like, how are you, my brother? How are you? Let me give you the right hand of fellowship. Maybe you'll give me something. But his ministry was just giving little helps, little led by the spirit, little 50 here, 20 here. That's not a gift? So that's the thing. That's how the body is built up. Not by organized, paid ministry. You know where the church is going fastest in the whole world? In China. Mainland China. I went there some years ago to Hong Kong with my friend, Ravi Zacharias, who invited me. And he brought all these brilliant people with him who were all apologists. And they brought in about 700 underground pastors from the mainland. And I was the only non-apologist. All these other people were brilliant. And I would get up every day and just go like, duh. That's how I felt. And there, half of those people, I didn't feel worthy to speak to them, half of them had been in jail for Christ. And they had the government against them, and they're the fastest growing nation with Christians in it, by far. They don't have PowerPoint, they don't have speakers, they don't have anything like what we say, you have to do church. That's so silly when people say, this is the way you do church. What a narrow, ignorant view that is of the body of Christ. God's got a lot of different ways of building his church. And and um, there Because in many provinces, they meet in secret. And they don't even know Christians in the same city. Because if they got arrested, they could give up the names. So everybody is just like, it's, it's just another whole world. But I met a man, he has crutches from an early accident that he had in his life. And he has crutches. He's over... He's over his fellowship, which is, it's very hard to understand how they have these fellowships and what they're doing. But he, his fellowship, he's over, he's the head of the fellowship. He's over 10 million Christians. Did you hear what I just said? 10 million Christians. And he looks like as common as a, as a, as a shoe. Just humble and they're just doing it. But there the members are functioning. Loving each other and all of that because there's none of the paid ministry and showtime that we've developed in America. And you're doing the church a favor if you come back the next week because the church growth pressure, you've got to show yourself successful. So you just rope in anyone you can. And many times in certain places, not here for sure, but they never get a concept of Jesus saved me for a reason. So I end with this. He saved you for a reason. What's the reason? What's the reason he saved you? What's the gift that you have? Maybe you're you're not even aware of it. You have to ask God today, God, what is my gift? What is the thing that's in me? But I assure you on the authority of God's word, to each member is given a gift, a special grace from God. Are we all together on that? Say amen. That's for sure. Maybe some of you like short-term mission trips or maybe some of you are going to leave here one day and be a missionary someplace. Maybe it's to work with children. Maybe it's to just give yourself to prayer and, and just start sending the needs of the church to my, to, my, um, to my house or give it to me because I just take time during the day. I'm, uh, I have... This ministry, I just love to intercede. We have people like that in our church. We have a person on staff who does nothing but oversee the prayer band. 500 people who come into the building on a rotational basis during the week and pray for requests. And they have Pastor Toledo's name. They have Chrissy's name. They have their children and their grandchildren. And they have this church's name. And they're just praying and lifting it up to God. On a rotation, never stop. And if you send in your name and your problem for 30 days, they'll just pray. They never sing. They never testify, they, or they could testify, but they don't teach. That's not their gifting. But, oh, do they pray. My wife said to me the other day, she said, Jim, I went by the prayer band room, and there were about seven or eight, and there was a woman praying for you. She didn't know I was going to come by. How she prayed for you. She said, if you would have heard it, she interceded for you. That's their gifting. Spirit of
1: the living God. Do you know that song? Fall fresh on me. Sing it. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Sing, break me. Break me. Melt me. Melt me. Fill me i
0: Close your eyes and lift your hands. Sing, break me, break me. Sing, melt me,
1: melt me. Fill me, use me, use. Me.
0: there and sing that again every eye closed if you're here today and you say pastor while you were talking and saying God's word there's such a hunger in me I want to be what God wants me to be I want to move out in the grace that he's given me I I have something no one else has I, I want him to reveal more of it I want him to teach me how to walk in it I want to be an encouragement to the body. I want to build up the most important thing to him in the whole world, which is his church, his people. Or maybe there's a call in your heart that you're not doing what you believe God wants you to do eventually. And you need to know his timing and that open door. You feel there's a call on your life that you're going to have a change one day and you're not going to be doing what you're doing now. I had that when I was in the business world, never dreaming I'd be a pastor, never dreaming. And yet there was something down there deep inside of me, God working with me. If you feel like any of those situations, I just said, stand up from where you are and come here to the front. Just come right to the front. Come as close as you can. I believe a good number are going to come up. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal my gifting. Quicken that thing inside of me that you put there. Open that door that nobody can shut. Give me direction so I'll hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. Everybody who's come forward, lift up your hands and sing, break me and break me, melt me,
1: melt me, fill me, fill me.
0: And loud, break me now and break, melt me, me, melt me
1: melt. Melt fill me.
0: and just place it. Let's worship the Lord, everyone. Just open your mouth and praise Him. Gracias por todo, Señor. Gracias por todo, Señor. Gracias por todo, Señor. For your mercy and your love and your patience with us, Lord. That you would choose us and want to use us, it overwhelms us, Lord. It overwhelms us, Lord. Jesus we come to you this morning I come on behalf of my brothers and sisters all of us in this room thank you for loving us saving us and not just going to take us home to heaven one day on top of everything else you gave each one of us a gift of grace something that is unique to us to our personality forgive us for neglecting it in some cases not thinking about it very much help our interest to be your interest our brothers and sisters in the faith your body we pray that you will around this country around Chicago strengthen your body Lord In every church where they call upon your name, in New York, Lord, right now while they're meeting all over New York City, strengthen your people, Lord. In every church where they call upon your name. Make your body strong, Lord, make it strong so that we can carry out your will and your purpose. I thank you for the tenderness of these who have come forward, the humility they've shown. We say yes to you today. Digo si, Señor. We say yes to you, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your plans for us. Strengthen us today, Lord. Pick up those that are discouraged, Lord those that have tried stepping out and it didn't work out the way they thought God don't let the enemy get an inroad with them but lift them up by the hand today show them that today is the first day of the rest of their life we thank you for the blood that washes away all of our sins forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us
1: Fill me, use me, use me, spirit.
0: Just before we close, everyone lift up your hands one last time. Everyone sing, Break Me and Break Melt Me, Melt
1: Me. Fill Me, Fill Me.